Oh, we bless the name of the Lord for another Sunday service. We thank God for his faithfulness, for his mercy. We bless the name of the Lord for the gift of life. I want you to shake out with your neighbor and say, neighbor, God bless you. Shake out with your children. Shake out with your spouse. This is the doing of the Lord, the gift of life, the salvation of our souls. Let's just appreciate God. Let's just, let's just, let's just bless the name of the Lord. I want you to begin to prophesy into the life of your family. I want you to begin to say to them that their tomorrow will be all right. I want you to begin to prophesy into their life, into their destiny, that the hand of the Lord will continually be amen, upon them, that the Lord Almighty will perfect all that concerns your family, that your family, they are for signs and wonders, that longevity is the heritage of your family, that the Lord Almighty, I mean, will continually cause your family to triumph. Prophesy, say something powerful, say something wonderful to the life of your family, and begin to prophesy to your personal life. Begin to say to yourself, I'm for signs and wonders. Yes, no evil will befall me. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God is with me. I am on top. I am on top. I am not beneath. I am the head and never the tail. Above and never beneath. Yes, I want you to go ahead and prophesy to your life. Prophesy your tomorrow. Into your tomorrow. Yes, the long lion do lack and suffer. But because you seek God, we not lack any good thing. The Lord Almighty is causing the light to fall onto you in pleasant places. Yes, yes, yes. The Lord has built a wall of fire around about you. Say to yourself, yes, yes, yes. Yes, no evil will befall me. No calamity is permitted to visit my habitation. Yes, the Lord is on my side. Yes, I'm making progress. I'm moving forward. I am unstoppable. I'm a man on a mission. I'm a woman on a mission. I will not die in frustration. The Lord Almighty is with me. The Lord Almighty is causing doors to open. Opportunities come in my way. Say something to yourself. Say something to the life of your children. Yes, yes, yes. I see greatness upon your children. I see greatness upon your family. I see a new level of open doors. I mean, I, I very listen to the life of your family. It shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. Lord, your lifting is coming. Your lifting is coming. Your lifting is coming. Your season of weeping, your season of delay is coming to an end. It, it's a new dawn in the name of Jesus. Let's just go ahead and begin to appreciate God. Let's begin to bless him for another Sunday service. Let's begin to thank him for the gift of life. Let's begin to thank him for provision. Let's begin to thank him for protection. Let's begin to thank him for what the Lord has done, for what the Lord is doing, and for what the Lord will yet do. Thank him for your tomorrow. Because the Bible says, when men are casting down, they are listening, lifting up. Appreciate God for your lifting. Appreciate God for your lifting. Appreciate God for what the Lord is about to do. Yes, he said, behold, 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 I will do a new thing. And it shall spring forth. I want you to begin to see those new things. And begin to thank God in advance. Begin to appreciate God in anticipation of what the Lord has proposed to do in your personal life, in your family, in your community, in your church. Yes, yes, yes. Appreciate God. Appreciate God. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him because I know your tomorrow shall be all right. Your tomorrow shall be all right. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for in Jesus' wonderful name we have worshipped. I want us to just take one or two songs to just praise the name of the Lord. The verse says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. In other words, the only requirement, the only qualification to praising God is breath, the gift of life. So, brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what you may be going through, that you are alive, that you have breath. God sustains you for one reason, to praise him, to appreciate him. Because the more you appreciate God, the more your life appreciates. So I want us to say, let everything that has breath, not everything that has food, not everything that has clothes, not everything that has uh, money, but everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. So let's go ahead and praise him. Even as we take this song, we are gathering together. Unto thee, unto the Lord, we are gathering together. Unto thee, unto the Lord, unto the Lord, the of this day, 
to immortality. The God who has no beginning, the God who has no ending, the one who declares the end from the beginning, the only wise God. Daddy, we thank you because our garden is not unto man, but it's unto you, our maker, our helper, our defender, our provider, our comforter, our teacher, our guide, our help. We bless your name for the gift of life. We bless your name for the breath of life. We bless your name, O Lord, King of glory, for your kindness, your gentleness, your patience, your long-suffering. Daddy, we thank you for who you are to us. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we are thanking you for what you yet do. We'll bless your name because it is in you we live and move and have our being. We'll bless your name, O Lord, King of glory, 
for what you have decided to do in our lives. And that is why, Father, King of Glory, because you are on our side, we can declare with all boldness that our tomorrow shall be all right. That it be exalted in the name of Jesus. We thank you for another Sunday. We thank you for another opportunity to gather together, to fellowship together. Blessed Redeemer, please accept our thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Everlasting King of Glory, we commit even the service of today unto your heart. I pray, O oh Lord, Father, for every man, every woman, every child, every family under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, King of Glory, Father, that you will show yourself mighty on behalf of everyone today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, over every storm, brewing over every storm, raging in any home, in any heart, in any life, in any relationship. Today, Father, let your peace, O oh Lord, Father, King of Glory, be released in the name of Jesus. At the end of the service of today, let everyone be happy that they participated in it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And even as we go into your word, Daddy, the Bible declared that you sent your word, and your word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. As many, O oh Lord, King of Glory, Father, that will be listening to your word today, Father, I pray, O oh Lord, let there be deliverance in the name of Jesus. Let there be, let, 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 let there be freedom. Let the captives be set free in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every wondrous spirit, every spirit of interference. I bind you and I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Lord, the preparation of the heart is of you. Father, please prepare the heart of everyone that we might be able to receive the engrafted one which is able to save our souls. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. We bless the name of the Lord for another great day. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. And I declare, year 2020, nothing shall be able to hinder your joy and your gladness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, by the special grace of God, we will be continuing from where we stopped last, last week. And like I announced last week, that this month is our month of be of good courage. Be of good courage. And by the special grace of God, today we'll be looking at the part two of be of good courage. Be of good courage. And our Bible test for today's service uh, shall be found in the gospel according to St. Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. I'll be reading from verse 22 to 27. Matthew chapter 14 from verses 22 to 27. I read. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Why he dismissed the crowd? After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And I believe this is the express message. This is the express word of God for someone listening to me today. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. So this is Jesus expressly commanding his servant. I mean, sorry, his disciples. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I've come to announce to you whatever may be responsible, whatever may be the reason, whatever may be the storm that you are going through, 
that, that, has, that has overwhelmed you, that has terrified you, that looks as if it's going to, I mean, you are going under. I've come to announce to you, take courage. Don't be afraid because you are coming out in the name of Jesus. You are coming out of that storm in the name of Jesus. That storm will not, will, 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 will not overwhelm you. That storm will not carry you away. You will ride on that storm in the mighty name of Jesus. So when we look at the, I mean, the Bible passage that we have just read, I mean, the word of the Lord makes us to understand that Jesus himself told his disciples, guys, go to the other side. Go to the other side. Jesus is not going with them. And I was wondering, Jesus, but the first time you were with them in the boat, and when storm came, you are, I mean, they, they, they cried unto you. You arose, and you rebuked the wind. But this time around, Jesus, why didn't you go with them? Why did you allow them to go alone? Knowing fully well that the Sea of Galilee, I mean, it can be dangerous, and especially at night. Jesus told them, and the Holy Spirit made me to understand that Jesus did that in order to take, I mean, to, 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 to check their level of confidence in him, their level of faith, and their level of obedience. Jesus was testing their obedience to see if they would protest, to see if they would say, Master, no, we came here together, we have to live here together to the other side. But the Bible did here that the disciples, they obeyed. And one thing we all know is that Jesus knew what was awaiting them. I mean, at the, I mean, on the sea, Jesus knew that there would be a terrible storm. And Jesus said, told them, "Go, and I will catch up with you at the other side, brothers and sisters. I want you to know that whatever." mission, whatever assignment, whatever you have embarked upon, because you are a child of God, I want you to know that God is with you. Because he has promised that he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. Yes, this, the, 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 the sea may roll, the storm may, 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 may be ferocious, but I want you to know that you are secure. I want you to know that you are secure. You are a man on a mission. You will not die in frustration. In the name of Jesus. So Jesus expressly commanded them to go to the other side, knowing fully well that they will be confronted, knowing fully well that they will be challenged, knowing fully well that the storm was awaiting them. But Jesus told them to go. And the beauty of it was as they left Jesus, Jesus went to the mountainside to go and pray. What a Jesus. What a mighty Jesus. What a wonderful Jesus. What a compassionate Jesus. Jesus went into, I mean, on top of the mountain to go and pray. Oh, brothers and sisters, what needless pain we bear when we refuse to carry everything to God in prayer. And I want you to know that the power of prayer cannot be, I mean, underestimated. There is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. So why they went as a master, as Jesus, as the commander-in-chief, he went, I mean, he was with them in the realm of the spirit. He was with them in the place of prayer. And that is why I want you to know that the same Jesus is seated on the right-hand side of God, interceding for you and I. You are not alone. There is Jesus who is praying for you. So I want you to be fully persuaded that you are secure. It doesn't matter the intensity of the storm. You are secure. There is no storm that can carry you away. Because what? Jesus is with you. He has promised not to leave you and never to forsake you. Not only that, the Bible said that as they were on the sea. The Bible made us to understand that at the fourth watch of the night, at the fourth watch of the night, that is between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Between the three, I mean, hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the Bible declared that there was a great storm. There was a great storm, and it was against their boats. And, I mean, it was as if all air was let loose against them. And guess what? I mean, Peter, a professional fisherman, 
Andrew, Philip. Imagine the kind of guys. These were guys who understood the, the terrain. But this time around, the storm, I mean, was beyond what they expected. It was beyond what they expected. But thank God that they were not alone. Thank God that you are not alone in that situation. And the Bible made us to understand that while they were, I mean, the storm was threatening and beating against the, the, the boat, Jesus appeared at the right time. Jesus walked into their storm. Brothers and sisters, I don't know the nature of your storm, but I want you to know the fine visitation is coming in the name of Jesus. I don't know the storm you are going through, but I've come to announce to you that Jesus will walk in. Jesus walks in when it is darkest. Jesus walks in at the right time. The Bible declares that the Almighty God, I mean, is the God Almighty, who understands, who sees, and who knows all things. And he knows the best time to walk into your situation. But one thing I want you to know, whether you feel him or not, is irrelevant. The fact that by faith, we know that God is with us. Because what? Because he has promised. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. And so, as children of God, in the storm of life, we can rest. In the storm of life, we can hold on to him. Because he has promised, he will not leave us and he will not forsake us. So, Jesus is reliable. Jesus is dependable. Jesus is always right on time to deliver those who believe and those who trust in him. So, you cannot begin to imagine Jesus sending his disciples I mean, to the other side. And the other side is the side of victory. The other side is the side of testimony. The other side is a resting place. It's a place of wow. It's a place where God has prepared. It's a place of testimony. It's a place where you call friends to come and rejoice with you. And I declare in the name of Jesus that your mission to the other side will not be aborted. In the name of Jesus, men will rejoice with you. Friends will celebrate with you when you reach the other side. And you reaching the other side, I want you to know with Jesus on your side, it is guaranteed. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can frustrate it. Because the one who is on your side is the one who will not leave you, who will not forsake you. Even when the going gets tough. I mean, you can be rest assured that he is always there and you will get to the other side in the mighty name of Jesus. So, Jesus told them to go to the other side and when the stop came, Jesus appeared on the scene and Jesus was walking on the same storm that was threatening, that was trying to capsize their boat. Jesus was walking on it. I don't know the storm you are going through, but in the name of Jesus, you will walk on that storm. You will not walk under it. You will walk on it in the name of Jesus because the one who is keeping you, the one who is with you, the Bible declares underneath is the everlasting hand. So it is impossible for that storm to sink you. It is impossible for that storm to swallow you up. You are coming out and you are coming out stronger, bigger and better in the name of Jesus because the Bible declares, if God be for us, who shall be against us? There is no storm that can be against you when God is on your side. There is no storm that can, that can destroy your home when God is on your side. There is no storm from the pit of air that is strong enough, I mean, to swallow your marriage, to swallow your destiny, to swallow your career. God Almighty is with you. And because God is with you, you can be rest assured that victory is guaranteed. Victory is guaranteed. I want you to know another thing, and that is the fact that if the storm of life, I mean, will attend the disciples of Jesus, whom Jesus sent on a mission, then I want you to know that you cannot be exempted from the storm of life. Christian life is not a life, I mean, that is constantly on eye. No, 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 no. Christian life is not a constant eye. There will always be a time of storm. There will always be a time of challenge. There will always be a time of trial. There will always be a time, or oh, I mean, in your life when you, 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 I mean, you feel as if you are not going to come out of it. You will not survive it. But I've come to let you know that it doesn't matter the level 
of the challenge, the situation, the storm that may be confronting you now. You are coming out. You are coming out. And Billy Graham of blessed memory, he says something about his Christian life experience. He says something, and I quote him. He said, the Christian life is not a constant eye. I have my moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, Oh God, forgive me. Or, oh God, help me. That is Billy Graham. This is someone who has seen six presidents in America die and wine with them. I mean, this is a man who has impacted the world on the platform of the gospel. But this same man also was telling of, 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 of his experience that the Christian life is not a constant eye. It's not a constant eye. It's not a constant eye. So I want you to be fully persuaded that the storm of life will come to you. The storm of life will come to me. Everybody struggles. Everybody that is born of a man struggles. Everyone struggles. Every one of us has our struggles. Every one of us has struggles. As soon as you are coming out of one struggle, another one hits you. As soon as you are coming out of one, another one hits you. I mean, it is as if it is unending. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to know that the scripture, even Jesus said it in the book of John chapter 16 verse 33. Jesus said, in this world, you will have many troubles. In this world, you will have many storms. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So, which is to say, when we, when the storm of life eats us, as children of God, we have a different mindset. We can begin to see that this is another opportunity for a testimony. We can begin to see because we have an assurance, because Jesus has made us to understand in advance that we should be of good cheer. In other words, Jesus has overcome the world. So whatever storm that may come to you, I want you to know that Jesus is aware of it. God permits it because that is the examination or that is the test of life that guarantees your next level, that guarantees your testimony, that guarantees your promotion. So the storm of life is not designed to destroy you. The storm of life is not designed to destroy you. No, it is designed for your manifestation. It is designed for your, I mean, for, 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 for your uplifting. And that is why I want you to be fully persuaded. The word of the Lord says in the book of Psalm 30 verse 5, he said, weeping me endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping me endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Over your marriage, there will be joy. In that home, in that marriage, in that family, there will be joy. I don't know what the struggles may be. I don't know what the storm may be, but I've come to announce to you that weeping me endure for a night, Joy comes in the morning. And in the book of Luke chapter 14 verse 1, Luke chapter 14 verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God and believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, let not your heart be fragmented. Let nothing shattered you. Let nothing overwhelm you. Let nothing takes you under. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Why does Jesus need to tell us not to allow our hearts to be troubled? Why? Because Jesus cares and intervenes in people's lives. Jesus cares and Jesus intervenes in people's lives. And I know that in that situation, there will be divine intervention in the mighty name of Jesus. God cares. I want you to be fully persuaded that God cares. God cares. Our Father is a caring Father. Our Father is a compassionate Father. Our Father is a Father who understands our situation. Our Father is not a Father who abandons us in the storms of life. No. No, no, God is too faithful to fail. The Bible declares that our Father is the Jehovah. Jehovah, 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 the Lord Almighty. And is the Lord who is ever present. 
Yes, it's the Lord who is ever present. It's the Lord who is ever present. So, and that is why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, it doesn't matter the storm, the nature of the storm, the size of the storm, the how long the storm has been here. Let not your heart be troubled. How? Because you are not the one that is in charge. You have a father who is in charge. You have a father who has promised that I will see you through this. I will bring you out of this because you belong to me. So when you understand how powerful your God is, there is no storm of life that can make you, I mean, to be troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Because your heart, the Bible says, your heart is so precious because that is where the issue of life flows from. So Jesus said, let nothing affect your faith. Let your faith in God be strong. Let your faith in God be solid. Let your faith in God, I mean, be intact. Believe in God and believe also in Jesus. So I want you to know that God cares and God intervenes in people's storms. And whatever may be your storm, divine intervention is coming your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Just the same way that Jesus came to the disciples in the storm. God comes to people in their storms. God comes to people in their storms. When people go through the, the, the storms of life, God appears. The same way that Jesus appeared to the disciples, I mean, at the middle of the night, while they were, I mean, in the midst of the storm. So divine visitation is coming. What you need out of that storm is miracle. A miracle is what you will get. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the book of Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 43 rather. Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, uh, I read verse, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2. The word of the Lord says, Fear not. Fear not. For I have... Sorry. He said, no, no, sorry. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2. He said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I am the Lord your God, the only one of Israel, your Savior. Brothers and sisters, this is a divine promissory note. God is saved through fire. When you pass through fire, God did not say if you pass. So which is to say, you will have to pass through challenging stormy situation. You will have to go through it. It is a matter of when, not if. It's a matter of when, not if. So, and this, I mean, this is the word of the Lord. But God is saying, when you pass through the storm of life, when you pass through the, the water of affliction, when you pass through the storms of life, God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. So the understanding of the fact that God is with you is what gives you goodness, is what gives you courage, is what gives you the, the, the required strength to go through it because you know that the one who is with you will not leave you and will not forsake you. So this is the word of the Lord, getting you prepared for where you will pass through it. So except you have God on your side, except you, 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 you are a man and a woman of faith, they stop. some people, when they go through the storm of life, so they can become suicidal. When people go through the storm of life. The storm of life is, is, is enough to make some people to become depressed. But God is saying, when you go through the storm of life, it may be marital storm, it may be career storm, it may be earth storm, it may be academic storm, it may be, it may be, it may be, I mean, it may be financial storm. I mean, that thing that is about, I mean, that, that looks destructive, that thing that looks as if you will not come out of it, God says, when you go through it, I will be with you. Brothers and sisters, there cannot be 
in, I mean, a, a greater promise than that. The God of heaven and the earth, the God who neither sleeps nor slumbers, the God who declared that all power in heaven and on earth is given to him. The same God is saying, when you go through your storm, I will be with you. The understanding of that is what gives you, I mean, it's what makes you to be of good courage, of good courage. In other words, when you go through it, you don't become despondent. When you go through it, you don't throw in the towel. When you go through it, you don't begin to ask questions. You know, and you know in your knowing that God is with you. It doesn't matter who works out on you when you go through your soul. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know, when you go through tough times, people will walk away from you. We have seen spouse, I mean, walking out. We have seen children. We have seen the best of friends walking out. We have seen parents walking out. But there is a God in heaven who is, who, is, who is more reliable, more dependable than any human being you can think of. God says, I will not abandon you. I will not forsake you. I will not reject you. I will not label you. In fact, I will not judge you. Oh, there are people when you go through the storms of life, they judge you. Oh, it is because of your sin. It is because of this you have done. But God said, no, 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 no. I won't judge you. I will be with you. I will affirm you. I will confirm you, and I will say I am with you, and I will bring you out. There is no storm that can overwhelm, that can, that, 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 that can defeat Jesus. So if no storm can defeat Jesus, and Jesus, who has control, who has power over the storms of life, says he will be with you, brothers and sisters, you are secured. You are secured because the Bible declares that the one who says he will be with you, is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He is not a weakling. He is the most mightiest man who ever existed. And is the God Almighty who is mighty in battle, who is mighty in deliverance, who is mighty, I mean, in salvation. You are coming out of that storm in the name of Jesus. You are coming out. I want you to say to yourself, I am coming out. I am coming out. I speak to that student, that academic challenges, storm you are going through, you are coming out of it. You are graduating in the name of Jesus. Not just graduating for the sake of graduating, you will graduate in your, I mean, in top of your, of, of your class in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. So, and we, 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 we can look into the scriptures and see, the, I mean, the, the, the people that when they go through the waters, the, the, the storms of life, God stood with them and God brought them out. We are all familiar, I mean, for example, with the story of the three Hebrew boys. The three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, are Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. We are all familiar with that story. The Bible made us understand that there was a time when the king set up a god of his own. He set up a statue and he commanded everyone from every nation to bow down to the statue which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And guess what? There were three Hebrew boys in, in, in his domain who will not bow to the statue, who will not compromise they, 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 they are faith in the living God and they call the bluff of Nebuchadnezzar. They said, we not bow down to your God. And when that news got to King Nebuchadnezzar, he called them. And guess what? What, what, what King Nebuchadnezzar said in the book of Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. Uh, 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 the word of the Lord says here, yeah. Daniel chapter 3 Verse 12, verse 12, I read. Uh, but there are some Jews, so they've come to report to King Nebuchadnezzar. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, 
Nebuchadnezzar, Solomon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blessing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? What God will be able to rescue you from my hand? This is a man talking or speaking like a God. This is Nebuchadnezzar challenging God and challenging the children of God, intimidating them into submission into compromise. But guess what? These guys responded. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blessing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we won't we want you to know, okay, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be eaten seven times, other than usual, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in this army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blessing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were banned and thrown into the blessing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blessing furnace. This is where we are going. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and they fought looks like a son of the girls. Nebuchadnezzar then approached and opened the blessing furnace and shouted, Children and mission, servant of the most high girl, come out, come here. In the name that is above all names, that furnace, that fire that is prepared to consume you, to destroy you, in the name that is above every other name, I see God, the one who has his hands on the thermostat, on the thermostat, I see God turning to air conditioner in the name of Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the servant of the Most High, they were thrown into a, I mean, into the furnace. And the Bible declared that even the king, who, who, who did not know God, God opened his eyes and he could see that three people were thrown in, but he could see four people. And he asked, I can see four person, I mean four people, and the appearance of the fourth person is like the son of a god. Brothers and sisters, God said in that Isaiah 43 verse 2, when you go through fire, I will be with you. I don't know the fire you are going through, but the same God who was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same God is with you. They stood their ground. They did not allow the intimidation, the harassment, the, 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 the manipulation of King Nebuchadnezzar to make them to compromise. They stood their ground in the name of Jesus. That situation will become the, 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 the source, the point of your testimony, of your victory in the mighty name of Jesus. So the king himself addressed them, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the servant of the Most High, in the name of Jesus, your testimony will confound even your enemies in the mighty name of Jesus. So I want you to be fully persuaded. When God said, be of good courage, when God said, be courageous, when God says, cheer up, 
what God is saying is, you are not alone in this situation. I am with you. And because I'm with you, the boat of your family, the boat of your marriage, no devil can sink it because God is with you. And the one who is with you, I mean, is the man of war. Is the man of war. Is mighty in battle. There is another case of someone that God delivered even from the hand of his enemies. Uh, and that also in the same book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, uh, uh, because of our time, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel, as we all know, we all know the story in chapter 6, why Daniel, I mean, they framed him up and he was thrown into the lion's den. But guess what? Guess what? Uh, let me quickly read verse 26 and 27. Uh, okay, uh, let me just read verse 27. This is Daniel sharing his testimony. He rescues, that is talking about God. God rescues and he saves. Brothers and sisters, in that situation, a rescue is coming your way. Salvation is coming your way. God rescues and saves. He performs signs and wonders. You are aimed for signs and wonders. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. I don't know the lions that are roaring against you. But I've come to announce to you that in the name of Jesus, the Almighty God will shut their mouth. The Lord Almighty will render them powerless over your life. You are coming out on earth in the name of Jesus. Daniel said, okay. He said, my God sent his angel and he shot the mouth of the lion. The, my God sent his angels and he shot the mouth of the lions. My God. Daniel was not afraid to be thrown. Daniel did not, did not begin to say, let's negotiate here. No, Daniel did not carry placard to protest and say, no, I am innocent. Daniel did not do anything to vindicate or to justify himself. Daniel succumbed. Daniel submitted. Daniel released himself because Daniel knew that the God is serving is a great and mighty God. Remember last week, we looked at Daniel chapter 11, I mean, we have the word of the Lord. Say, the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. Because Daniel knew the God he was serving. Daniel submitted to their judgment. And Daniel was thrown into the, I mean, into the lion's den. But Daniel said, my God has shot the mouth of the lion. Every lion. Lion in the places of work, lion as an in-law, anyone that is behaving as a lion, trying to, to intimidate you, to harass you, I see God shutting their mouth in the name of Jesus. Every opposition will bow to you in the mighty name of Jesus. So that is another instance where God delivered his own children. I mean, in the, in the, in the midst of storms, your deliverance is coming. Your deliverance is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, uh, there is also another case of deliverance. I mean, we, we all know the story of Brother Peter in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12, from verses 3 to 12. Acts chapter, but because of our time, we'll be reading verses 10 and 11. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12. Uh, uh, Peter was arrested. Uh, uh, and not only, I mean, by error. And when he was arrested, the Bible made us to understand that Peter was put in the prison. Uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. Okay. Verse 3. When, when he saw, that is, that means, referring to error here, when King Herod saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, Peter, he put him in prison, handing him over to, the, to be guarded by false courts of false soldiers, each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. In other words, Herod arrested Peter. 
And that sentence was hanging on Peter's head after Easter. And guess what? Verses 10 and 11 now. Verses 10 and 11. The word of the Lord says, They, so yeah, they passed the first and second girls and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them. But because of that, to, for us to get the whole story, the word of the Lord says in verse 4, uh, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church was earnestly praying to God for Peter. And let's see the effect of the church's prayer for Peter. They passed the first and second girls and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Eros clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Every negative anticipation against your life, the Lord will frustrate it in the name of Jesus. The Lord will cut off the expectation of the wicked concerning you. This was Peter arrested, not because he has committed any crime, arrested because he was doing the right thing and locked up. And Eros said, after Easter, after the 11, I mean, the, 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 the 11th festival, we will bring him out before the people. Remember, James has been killed. Now it was the turn of Peter. The Bible said, when he saw that the killing of James was pleasing to his people, I mean, in order to add to his accolade, he went to go and arrest the senior pastor, Peter. And guess what? Why Peter was in the prison? The Bible said, Peter was asleep. Eh? Peter, you are in a prison. That sentence is, wake, is awaiting you and you are sleeping. My God, when you understand the word of the Lord, God said, when you go through this, God says, I will be with you. So Peter can afford to sleep because he had an understanding that he that keepeth his strength, neither sleeps nor slumbers. Brothers and sisters, I want you to begin to see that you are not the one that is in control of your life. God is the one that is in control. So God cannot be keeping Fiji. And you, you are not sleeping. No, you have to sleep. You have to sleep. It doesn't matter what you are going through. I want you to know that God is in charge. The same God. And the Bible declared that the church began to pray for Peter. The church began to pray for Peter. And as the prayer of the church ascended to heaven, the angel of the Lord descended into the prison. And the Bible declared, while Peter was still sleeping, the angel woke him up. My God, I declare from tonight, no situation of life will be able to take away your sleep in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible declared, he gives his beloved sleep. You will no longer continue to buy sleep in the name of Jesus. Whatever you have been using to induce sleep, from tonight, you will no longer need it. Because what? Well, because your, your sleep will be sweet. You begin to sleep like a babe, like a child from tonight. Because you know that God is with you. I want you to say it again. God is with me. So I want you to know that the struggles of life come in, I mean, to different people, in different shapes, at different times, and also in different sizes. Your struggles might not be the same as my struggles. My struggle, your struggles might not be the same size as my, but the struggles of life, the storms of life, the struggles of life come to people at different level, at different time, in different shape. But thank God we have an unchanging God. The same yesterday, the same today, the same forever. Yes, yours may come. Your struggle may be in the form of loss of a job, loss of health, loss of marriage, loneliness, academic struggles, financial struggle, spiritual. I mean, uh, 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 I mean, uh, 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 uh. spiritual. It may be spiritual. It may come in any form. But one thing is, you 
are not alone. And because of your storm, you are hurting. You have become hurting. Not only that you are hurting, you are crying out inside. You are crying out inside and you are beginning to ask questions such as, why has this happened to me? These are the questions. Why has this happened to me? What have I done to deserve this? Brothers and sisters, that storm is not meant to destroy you. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. Over that storm, you will have a testimony, a resounding victory in the name of Jesus. That marriage will bounce back. That your head will bounce back. That child who has walked out will walk back. Like the prodigal son is coming back in the name of Jesus. Yes, you will have peace. You will know peace on every side in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So these are the kind of questions you begin to ask. So I mean, no matter the nature and the size of your struggles, God is greater than your troubles. God is greater than your struggles. God is bigger than your struggles. And that is why I want you to be fully persuaded that it is not your struggles. It is his struggles. And he will, he will, he will, he will take the glory, I mean, over it. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are coming out. So, yeah, we all know the case of a woman in the Bible who almost becomes suicidal as a result of her struggles. And that is in the book of Genesis chapter 30. It was the story of Rebecca. Rebecca was going through serious struggles. I mean, barrenness. Barrenness was her struggles. I mean, she's been married and there was no issue. There was no child. And guess what? She woke up one morning and she spoke to her husband. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 30. When Rachel, Rachel rather, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I will die. Give me children or I will die. That is the kind of attitude that may come up when you go through your struggles. But brothers and sisters, I want you to know that he has promised that he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. Rachel told her husband, husband, give me children or I will die. She became suicidal because of her struggles, because of her storms, because of her problems. She took it on her husband. But there is a God in heaven who says, cast all your burdens upon me, for I care for you. The songwriter says, what needless pain we bear when we refuse to carry everything to God in prayer. So instead of carrying a problem to God in prayer, she took it on her husband and she threatened her husband. But guess what? God had a complaint. God saw a frustration. And God turned our frustration to celebration. In the name of Jesus, whatever that is drawing tears from your eyes, the Lord Almighty will change your weeping, your money to laughter. In the name of Jesus. Guess what? When God visited this lady, verse 22, verse 22, then God remembered Rachel. Everyone will remember you. God will open up a book remember, I mean, of remembrance concerning you and your household. Then, verse 22, then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. She became pregnant and gave birth to a, I mean, to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. Whatever may represent disgrace, reproach, and shame in your life. The God who took away the shame and the disgrace of Rachel, God will take away your reproach. God will take away your disgrace in the name of Jesus. It may be loneliness. It may be barrenness. It may be, it may be a particular ailment in your life. God will take it away. There is a situation, there is a problem in your life that you cannot even disclose to your best friend. God knows it. God sees it. 
God Almighty will wipe away your tears. God will bring solution to that situation. You are in for a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. So that was the case of an attitude that was expressed in the time of storm. God has what it takes to meet you at the point of your need. God has what it takes to meet you at the point of your need. There is nothing you are going through that God cannot fix. There is no need in your life that God cannot meet. He said, but my God shall supply all your need. Whatever may be the need in your family, I see God supplying it in the name of Jesus. In the book of Matthew 14, 25 that we have read, Jesus came to his disciples during a storm. I mean, in the middle of the night, I see God, I see God giving you a divine visitation. I see God showing up when it is darkest in your family, in your personal life. In the name of Jesus, you will experience a divine visitation. I mean, and you will walk on your storm. Your present struggles, violent storm that you are going through is God trying to get you to the other side. That storm you are going through, God is trying to get you to the other side. And like I've said, the other side is the side of victory. The other side is the side of rest. The other side is the side of testimony. You will get there in the name of Jesus. According to the book of Psalm 66 verse 12, Psalm 66 verse 12, I read, it says, You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. We went through fire. We went through water. Men right over our heads. Men ridiculed us. Men challenged us. Men are asking us, where is our God? He said, but you brought us out into a place of abundance. I've come to speak to you. You are coming out of that situation. You are coming out of that storm. And you are coming out of it into a place of abundance, into a worthy place, into a place of laughter, into a place of rest, and into a place of joy. You are coming out. You are coming out. You are coming out in the mighty name of Jesus. Your struggle is not I mean, it's not designed for your destruction. No, it is designed for your manifestation. It is designed for your manifestation. It is designed for your manifestation. We all know the story of Joseph in the Bible. Sold into slavery. And from slavery into prison. I mean, he, he, he went through the storms of life. Serious storms. Excuse me. He went through serious storms. But guess what? He came out of it. And by the time Joseph came out of his storm, guess what he said? In the book of Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Joseph says something. He said, he was talking to his brothers. He was talking to everyone. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That storm, that's challenge, that trouble that looks as if it's going to swallow you up. I want you to know heaven intended it for good. Heaven intended it for breakthrough. Heaven intended it for testimony. Heaven intended it, I mean, for manifestation. And it will bring glory ultimately to God. To God. And that is why I conclude by what Brother Paul said. In the book of Romans chapter 5, I mean Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who accord according to his purpose. For we know that all things work together for good, for good, for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So that storm is working out for your good. That challenge is working out for your good. That situation is working out for your good. How do I know this? Because the Bible declares all things, not some things, not few things, not many things, but all things, all things 
both negative and positive. The one you understand, the one you don't understand. The one that is overwhelming, the one that looks as if you can handle. The Bible says all things work together for good, not for evil. For good, for good, for good. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his